Jackie. That's the best way to start this show. Or even stump the joke, man. When he used to have the guy stand up in the audience, another great line you used to always use if the guy was short, stand up. <laughs> no, stand up. No, stand up. You know, you, you know, so many of the lines and so many so many of the stand up, I mean stump the joke man stuff came around and came around and came around. It was so fun. I wound up getting my first movie role that was given to me by a guy named Paul Borghese that's been in a million movies. Uh, he actually got me my role in a movie called Potluck, and then he couldn't be in it because he had just scored the role of Yogi Berra. Remember 62? Yeah. Oh, no, 61? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The story of Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle. He got the role of Yogi Berra, <laughs> and I was like, I wouldn't brag about that. <laughs> but when I met him, he had been the guy that got the girls for the Stern Show for the Snapple. Remember, they used to pour Snapple on the girls and lick the Snapple off the, you know. So this guy, Paul, had been around forever. I was always, get me a job, get me a job in a movie, get me a job in a movie. And when I finally uh, got the job in a movie, he told me that his father had tried to stump me in uh, upstate, uh, whatever the place is, near Mr. Rips. What's that, what's that town? Oh, way up there, right off the Palisades right Parkway. Yeah, yeah. Right, uh, 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 now I'll never think of it. But right next to uh, Valley Cottage or whatever right. it is. Newark, new, new, new something. And his father was in the audience, and, you know, who wants to try and stop me? Stand up. And he said, you said to him three times, stand up, stand up. And his father started trying to tell me a joke. And he's a little Italian guy. And I said, don't use your hands. And he started talking, and he's like, I finally got, like, I spent five minutes telling him to put your hands behind your back and everything, and it, it was just hysterical. And he says, do you remember the guy that you picked? That was my father. That, you know, <laughs> and we had such a good time with this guy. And this is like years later, his father's still talking about it, you know. Do you, oh, have, do you have any calculation whatsoever how many shirts got printed of Stump the Joke Man? I mean, I, is, a it, lot, is, is there hundreds of thousands? Anybody wants one, I have lots left. <laughs> no, was there 100, 200,000? No, nowhere's near that. But I'll tell you, and you'll remember this, and you might remember this, and I kept meaning to bring this up before. At one point, we had medium, large, extra large, and double extra large, pink, blue, <laughs> green, white, Heather, I mean, we had a yeah. bin yes. in, in the downstairs of Jokeland, which wound up getting flooded. <laughs> and I would bring those bags with me to Rascals, with, and people would come up to buy stuff. And it was like, it, it was like a, a, a auction. Like I, I got extra large green and a double extra large blue, and I had all that stuff. And I, I and I go home afterwards. I'd be drunk and pull all the cash out of my pocket, <laughs> sit there naked with my chicken Wait, wings. Jackie, I want you to tell the story about the loudest reaction, the biggest reaction I've ever seen from you uh, was after a show when you and I were off stage talking to some audience members, and you looked on the stage and something was mm -hmm. happening that you weren't happy about. But first, though, before you say this, let's intro the show. <laughs> <laughs> Ten minutes in. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, he's not introducing the show. I'm introducing the show. This is Stand Up Memories. I'm Jackie Martling. <laughs> this is Professor Peter Bales. This is the first time we've had a guest. And I'm going to let Peter do all the introdu introducing and all the interviewing when I get done talking. <laughs> but uh, thank you for tuning in. We had Danny last week. We're going to have him next week. We're going to have him over and over and over until eventually he gets to say something. 
Okay, so I'll turn it over now to uh, Professor Peter Bales, who is here to put you to sleep. <laughs> Thank you, Jackie. That's nice, as always. Uh, Danny McKenna, the legendary manager of Rascals, is going to share some inside stories. Now, what stories, you were going to say yes. had already happened once before, and you might remember it. When I came in to do a show, I don't think I did it uh, when I was just doing the Rascals Comedy Hour, because I was just hosting... But I might have because I was playing stuff that you, but I would bring all these bags. Yes. I mean, bags with the different colors. And, and your the own recording sizes. equipment, right, too. Right. You like the whole entire and place. When I did it at my own show, I would have my four track recorder with the tapes all ready to go. And Danny was in charge of waiting yes. 20 minutes. And then, because the tapes were only 22 minutes right. long because it was a double speed, it, I got like 100 shows that can't play on anything. And Danny did that, and he never missed a, a trick. But the same thing happened that you're going to talk about. I did a show, and I got done, and all those shirts and the cassettes, the, I don't think they were even CDs yet. I think there were cassettes and shirts were all on the tables up there, and I was in the back of the room, and one person must have said, I guess I could have one of those, and... Up themselves to the show, and like locusts, before I could get to the stage, I don't know if you remember that, yeah. everybody just helped themselves, and there was no way to say, give me that back, give me that <laughs> yeah. back. And then a year or so later, however much later, we were in Caroline's, Caroline's on 8th Avenue, yes. and we're talking, all of a sudden, <laughs> the locusts hit the stage again, and just, what? <laughs> Where did they get the idea they could just help themselves? He to yelled them? so loud, he goes running up on the stage. It was hysterical. <laughs> it was too late. It was all gone. <laughs> you know, well, and, I, and, I, and I couldn't complain because anybody I told that story to, they thought it was the funniest thing <laughs> <they> ever. <laughs> Audience members stealing his stuff. Oh, God. So, Danny, I want to hear about some of the big names. I, you know, you knew better than most. Sam Kinison. Yeah. I mean, the real Sam Kinison, yeah. not the stage nah, he was, Sam Kinison. No, nah, he was great. He was absolutely great. I mean, I think I told the story on the last podcast I did, but one time, you know, Montreal Just for Laugh Festival? Sure. I go up there. I'm nobody. Okay. I'm a manager from Jersey. People were like this. How you doing? How you doing? Who's over there? But I knew all the comics and everything. Right, that right. was fun. But anybody being introduced to, I was nobody. Well, Kinison was coming up there that week, and we're sitting at the Delta Bar at the end of the night, at this bar, I'm sitting there by myself. Kennison comes walking in, comes right over to me and sits at the bar with me, and we start drinking. And every eye is on us like you couldn't believe. Now they're all sitting there going, who, "Who's Trying that guy with Sam? Who the hell you who, are? Who's that guy with Sam?" I'm sitting there going, "Maybe I'll introduce you. Maybe I won't." Okay, <laughs> right, you, you, right. you shit on me for a week, and now right, you want to know right. who I am. That's because he was a nice guy. I'm the toll gate here. You know. <laughs> you know? Uh, no, he was always tremendous. As a matter of fact. Not only did he give out the $100 bills to all the waiters and waitresses yeah, at the end of the night. Yeah, when he got high, he was ridiculously generous, you know. But he used to just sit, he used to sit down with the whole entire staff and not talk about himself. He used to want to know about their lives. He became family to all those waitresses and everything. He was you a know? real interesting dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember one time he found out, somebody mentioned on the Stern Show that it was my wife's birthday, and he put like $200 bills in my pocket. I said, take her to dinner. Take now, her did you know he was also the doorman at the store for years, I heard? I, there was so many varied, varied stories about him because he was a child preacher in yes, Texas. Right. And then he couldn't get on stage in Texas. Do you remember that whole story? He hung himself on a cross like a couple of blocks from the comedy uh, club or I don't even know it was a comedy club yet. Like the, the stories were crazy and most of them panned out 
The night, we probably talked about this on the show already, but it's worth repeating. When I met him, um, do you, you know Jim Balazzos. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Balazzos was a booker who was booking shows like I was before there were comedy clubs. You know, you'd get your yeah. speakers and, and stuff and set it up in a bar and bring the comics and do the whole thing. And, then, and okay. drastically underpaying comedians. Dr well, because we're, you didn't make a, you know, if I made $250 and I gave you 50 and you 50 and I got 50 for playing, you know, I'm making 100 bucks for doing the whole, and which the comics were always like, why do you get more? I said, because you wouldn't be here if I would, you know. So, Balazos did this and Balazos got better at it to the point where he actually had guys yes. setting up the equipment. So I worked for him a couple times, and it'd be him and his wife, and he had his bottle of vodka underneath the seat. I mean, death defying. Do you remember if that was a club in Lake Apacon on a lake, that place? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. The Upper Deck. Upper Deck, yeah. Yes, I worked there, Upper Deck. You well, could... that's the place where I got my license plate stolen. But that's, All right, well, that's, that's another, another story. story. So, <laughs> so I'm working for Balazzo's at the upper deck in different places, uh, the uh, Central Park, they, there was a place, a couple places. And all of a sudden, the guys, I forget the guy's name, but there's one guy who I really liked. Him and another guy would set up the equipment. They'd set up the sound system, put the speakers. And for a couple of gigs, as they're setting up, one guy's going, ow! And the other guy's going, ow, ow! Leper whore! And I'm like, <laughs> I, it was like they had Tourette's. And I'm like, right. what, what is going on here? And then, however many months later, I go to the improv and get in Palazzo's van, and it took me years to find out, but it was Max Dolcelli. Uh -huh. and another me. comedian, another and great comedian. And Palazzo's goes, Jackie, this is Sam. He's from California. I brought him out here to see how things work out. And he's this little troll with his little, you know. Sam lived at Max's house. Beret, you know, right with, you know, with his uh, raincoat. How you doing, man, you know. So we're drinking beer and having fun, and we get out. Timing in the middle of nowhere, and nobody believes this, but you guys go back far enough. We tied up the disco ball so people could. Not believable. <laughs> Why so, did you tie up the. So people could see. So the people stage? could see because the disco oh. ball hung, you know, the way, just the way it was. And Blotzko says, Jackie, I want you to host this show, but save a bunch of stuff because I don't know how it's going to go. With Sam, he's a little different. And it was the first time I ever saw him or ever heard of him or anything. He couldn't have been a nicer guy. And he went up on stage and he was so quiet and he just pranced, uh, you know, back and forth on the stage talking so quiet. You're going to remember me. I promise you're going to remember me. You'll remember this night. You'll remember me. You don't know me now. And I'm like, all right, all right, right. And he said, and then all of a sudden he yelled, because I live in hell. <laughs> and he leans over and starts yelling at the people in the front. My wife is a whore! She's a leper whore! Ow! Ow! And all of a sudden, I'm hearing all the things that those guys were... What happened was, Palazzos came home from California with a cassette of this wild man, yeah. so they would listen to it on the way, so they were barking it back and forth the whole time. And I'll tell you, when I went up on stage, when he was done, that audience looked like they had <laughs> seen a mass murder. It was just... It Carson was, loved him. Oh, and, of course he did. And one of the greatest uh, conversations between him and Carson was after he sang that song, Are You Lonesome Tonight? Right. He got over to the panel and sat with the panel, and Carson's asking him questions. Carson loves him. He can tell this, yes. you know. And they're exchanging, and he, like, divorce stories, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and Sam actually went, I feel like I'm talking to Yoda. Uh, you, you will learn, great Sam. You will learn. But then he, 
Carson says, you've got a nice voice. And he goes, well, I used to sing in church. He goes, yeah, I know a lot of people are thinking of church because I was a preacher. He goes, I heard that. You know, you were a preacher at one time, really? And you, he goes, you he goes, could hear the jaws <laughs> dropping around the country. And it transferred but, to his act completely. But, but as Kennison's telling the story, when you were a preacher, he goes, yeah, people, you know, start to think, well, it was like, you know, um, yeah, I'm preaching, I'm preaching. Ah, forget the Bible. Where's the fucking party? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it didn't happen overnight like that. Right, right, but Carson right. really did love him. Rodney wow. loved him. They used to hang out a lot. Uh, so you remember, he went on Saturday Night Live, and they told yes. him not to do the Jesus bit, and it was Saturday Night Live. He did the Jesus bit. They told him not to. They exited out of the show so it wouldn't be, it wouldn't air out west, and three weeks later, he was hosting. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was the oddest turnaround yeah. because the feedback they got was like unheard of. You know, I don't know anything about the powers that be, how that worked. Well, what, what's the story behind um, Dice being banned from MTV for life? I mean, I know that happened. He got more fame from that than not than actually going on. Uh, you know what? I I don't know. And I you know you know we're on the Stern Show. I was so lucky. Yeah. I didn't care what was going on. Right. You know, the guy selling out Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I knew him as Andrew Dice Silverstein right. at the yeah. side in '82. Yeah. So doing getting, Jerry Lewis. Getting back to Kinnison, he was like a home run hitter. And home run hitters swing and hit home runs, but when they swing and miss, they really miss. Did you ever see Sam Kinison do badly? I did. I was at a one-nighter in uh, Florida, uh, a Balazzo's gig, where they, they, weren't, they, ex don't they weren't expecting it. They weren't expecting him. They had no idea what was going on. They did not bite, and he walked an entire room of 200 people. I've no, I never, never saw seen, a bad I, show I, with I him. Saw, I no. saw a four-door act is what they used to call it at the. Uh, no, the only time I told this story once before was, he was in Chicago for the funeral for his brother. His brother committed suicide. Right, Kevin. And he was flying straight to New Jersey to do the South Club right after the funeral. Um, they show up there, man. He's out of it. He's like, he's bombed as can be. You can't even believe it. You know, do we put this guy on stage? Yeah. And we put him up on stage, and Carl LeBeau sat in one side, and Alan Stevens sat in the other, just in case he falls over. And he gets up on stage, and he says, okay, folks, I uh, just want to tell you I lost my brother. I'm like, this is right after the funeral. He flew in from the funeral, right? And he goes, I just want to tell you, you know, I just lost my brother. But the audience is laughing, thinking it's a comic, and he's doing comedy. They don't know. You know. All of a sudden, they realize this is real. Right. He got and he the goes, show. and he, he he holds up a glass of champagne. He goes, "Let's just put a toast to my brother," and they drink a toast. And he goes, "Oh, let's party!" And the rest of the show went fine. You wow. know, you, I completely forgot, and I don't know if we talked about this already. Um, he would get so high, and <laughs> he came on the Stern Show and invited me to join them on the show, on at Westbury, but he already had. Three opening, he had Jimmy Schubert, yes. Alan Stephen, Carla Bolt. They were all Mitchell going Walters on did a lot also. Mitchell wasn't part Not of them yet. yet. But he put me on the show too. So there's four openers and incredible crowd. And I had great, great time for how I don't know whether I had three minutes or twelve, whatever it was, but it was, we all killed and then Sam destroyed the place. But between shows, he's like doing handfuls of quaaludes or biking <laughs> or any strip, whatever it was. He was so out of it, and this became this is a pretty famous uh, Kinnison thing. Where and he had had that whole thing run in with Jessica Hahn or whatever yeah, went on. Yeah. And the second show, we all did our 
acts, and he walked on, and Westbury's that round stage, and he had a, a paper bag with a bottle of wine in it. And he was walking around in circles, just going, Jessica Hahn. <laughs> Jessica Hahn. Somebody say, be funny! A guy can't do his act? You don't let a guy do his act? Jessica Hahn. And everybody's like freaking out. And he walked like 80% of the people walked oh, out. really? Got Westbury their money Music back Fair, and everything. Westbury Music Fair, 3,000 seats approximately. And, and That happened? That, and, and after the show, he was so loaded. He's like, Jack, are you living in here? Where can we get something to drink? And his brother Bill's behind him like, no, no, no. Did you ever hear wow. the story of how he got liquor one time in a town that was dry after 2 o'clock? He couldn't find any liquor. No, I never heard and, and he's, you know, he's Jonesing. He's, he's an alcoholic. He needs he, booze. He needed. So he couldn't get any in the town, not even at the hotel he was in. So he called the limousine service. Ugh. And he said, I need a ride to the airport. Can that limousine be stocked with liquor? And they said, yeah. Limousine pulled up. He grabbed all the booze out of the, out of the limo, <laughs> paid the limo driver, and took off. That is genius. Yes. That, that is that's genius. creative. That's creative. All now right. that must have been in Pennsylvania. I don't know where it happened. You, you know, know it, my wife and I went to uh, a girl at the Florida comic strip. Loved the show, and she said, "My family owns the Pocono, the Penn Hills Resort, and the Poconos. Come be a guest anytime." So a couple months later, we're going to take advantage of it because we're so broke. We got no money. So we go to stay at this Penn Hills Resort. The tax, they only charge us a tax, and the tax was more than we would have ever spent on a vacation because <laughs> the rooms were so expensive. And when we moved in, when we got there, they gave you a, ba a, a, a basket, a welcome basket. And one of the things in the basket was two splits of champagne. Well, that's cool. So it's Sunday. I don't know about dry, and all of a sudden, no, no, it's dry. The bars are eh, closed. Eh. There's no liquor stores. Right. You can't even go to a bar. There's right. no place. And I didn't want to drink. I needed a drink. Right. I needed a drink. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, but I always have the splits of champagne if worse comes to worse. So I had them in the refrigerator, and finally I gave up. I said, all right. It was two bottles of shampoo. <laughs> Nancy laughed so hard, I was like, I thought I'd never finish her. All right, all right, all right. We're going to be back next week with more Danny McKenna and the Inside Scoop. This has been so much fun. This has been Stand Up Memories with Jackie the Joke Man Marling. That's our, me. Our special guest, Danny McKenna. I'm Peter Bales. Thank you so much. I haven't done any plugging, but I have joined the ranks of the 16-year-olds. I am now on TikTok, tiktok.com slash at Jackie Martling. I don't know why the ad is in there, but I'm getting a lot of views, and people are seeing the jokes, so I just, I haven't done any plugging. No, you can plug that. I'll what? plug my performance at Applebee's next week, <laughs> not in the building, in the parking lot. See you next time. Hey, drive away. Hey, a new episode of Stand Up Memories every Wednesday. How exciting is that? Starring me, Peter Bales, and right here, Jackie the Joke Man Martin. Please follow us on social media. Search it out. What is it? MeSpace? MySpace? Your space? TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Duda, duda. <laughs> <laughs>